What's up, beautiful people? This is Black on the Prowl on 88.5 WCUG. My name is Kimmy B, and I'm here with my co-host. What's up, y'all? You already know it's your girl, Lo. And Mel is not here today, but we do have our student of the week. What's good, everybody? My name is Suleiman Asalam. I am a BFA design tech major in theater. I'm glad to have you. Glad to be here. All right, so to kick this episode off, I want to give y'all a... um, Black fact that I just learned today. Um, everybody has heard of Rat Snacks, the chips that you see in like the gas station or in Walmart and things like that that have different like artists on the cover. So this um, black-owned potato chip brand is now considered the most distributed black-owned uh, potato chip. It is. They just signed a deal. The founder, um, James Lindsay, and his partner, Master P, have just uh, put together a deal with Walmart to be selling these chips in over 4,200 stores. Oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I know what they are. I've never tried them. You ain't even I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. They, they're a little expensive compared to your Lay <laughs> and your Walmart brand, but they are some good chips. But, you know, I support my black-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get some cash. If y'all want to cash at me, <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. drop a cash chat real fast. But I'll try them. Yeah, they're good chips. I got to tell you, they got the spices and stuff on it. I don't know how to make it taste good, but it, take, it tastes good. All right. Well, I have a very, very interesting topic today. T.I. Oh, Lord. We already know what's going on. T.I. recently revealed on a podcast that he accompanies his daughter, Deja, who is 18. She's in her first year of college. He attends yearly gynecologist appointments with her to make sure that her hymen is still intact. T.I. claims he does give his daughter the option to have him not actually in the room when the doctor checks her, but she has signed a form giving him consent to the information that the doctor has, basically to make sure that her virginity is still intact. That is ridiculous. Very on par for T.I. as a human being. (laughs) Very on par for who he is. And part of that is kind of, so the part about her signing that form, that's normal. Like, I've signed one. Like, if something goes wrong in my health and I don't tell my parents um, and they want to know what's going on, they right. can ask for that. That's that's fine. That's normal. It's okay to have the information leaked out. Not leaked out, but, like, available for your parents or anything like that. Right. But that type of information, that for the purpose that he's using it for, that's not right. Right. I mean, I can understand if something's going on with your child health-wise, like if if your child is injured or whatever. Your child is perfectly healthy. She's 18. Exactly. Like that. I'm sorry. That's weird. Like, okay, I'm 18. I'm in my first year of college. Me and my dad are very close. I don't have to. Me and my dad don't talk about stuff like that. Me and my dad talk about, like, what's going on in the NFL. Like, (laughs) we talk about current events. Like, what Netflix show are you watching? But I'm not like, hey, dad, you want to go to the gynecologist with me on Tuesday? That's that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, I'm sorry. And he, like, every year he does this. To every year. Since she turns 16. So after her 16th only birthday. Been two years. It's, he's only been doing it for two years. And he's making it like this very big, very I'm a part of my daughter's life scenario. You mm. can be a part of your daughter's life it in other be, ways. Take your daughter to a football game. Exactly. Buy her dinner. There are other ways for you to be a part of your child's life. Like I, It's just being really overprotective, you know. And I understand, like, wanting to make sure that your daughter's all right and making sure that she's not just out here, you know, doing whatever, you know. Right. But it's not even the fact that, it's not even the fact that he's doing this. His daughter has an issue with it. 
Because she's been liking tweets. One of the tweets that she recently liked is saying that this is disgusting, possessive, and controlling. Which I agree. If I was her, I'd be liking the tweet too. Because it is. And I think my main issue with this whole story is T.I. does have an 18-year-old daughter. And his he has a son, though. Mm-hmm. His son is 16, I believe. He praises his son on national yep. television for having sex with somebody else's daughter. But yet you're taking your 18-year-old daughter, who is legally an adult, you're taking her to the doctor to make sure that her hymen is still intact. And also, you don't, your hymen can be broken in any kind of way. Your hymen can be broken riding a bike, which clearly he knows because he even said to the doctor, my daughter don't ride no horses, she don't ride no bikes, and she don't play no sports. So it couldn't possibly be broken in any other way. It's just for, like, And then it's like, a, it, like you said, because uh, he praises his son, but, you know, having sex and things like that, it's, it's a double standard it's, for the most part. It makes it kind of hard to be, because when I was growing up, like, T.I. was T.I. Right. Yeah. I grew up in Atlanta. T.I. was T.I. Yeah. You see T.I. at the school one day just because. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, we know T.I. sold drugs. T.I. hasn't always been a saint. But now it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, I support this dude when he's, I don't want to say it's wrong to be curious about your daughter's health. Right. There's a, but there is a certain point and there's a line that you got to stop at. Right. And bec- it it draws the question of how far is too far as far as parenting, mm-hmm. which I feel is like a really touchy subject because, yeah. I mean, I'm not a parent. Knock exactly. on wood. I'm, like, I'm not a parent, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> at the moment. But it's very hard being like, how far is too far when somebody's parenting their child because everybody takes issue with you commenting on the way you parent your kid. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's like, you're not in my house or you're not in my situation, which is completely understandable. But I just feel like there's a different approach. If you have as close of a relationship with your daughter where you feel like you can go to the doctor with her, your relationship is close enough for you to sit down and have a conversation with her instead of feeling the need to go into the doctor's office. That's where Mm -hmm. too far is. That's where you find that line of how far is too far. Right. Mm -hmm. All he has to do, we can see the tweet she's liking. We know how she feels about this. She doesn't like it. That Mm -hmm. should be signal enough like, yo, maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe have a conversation. Exactly. If There are tons of times growing up in my life where I was just like, you know, my parents are overbearing. And if they just ask me like, yo, why you feel this way? Right. I tell them straight up, yo, this is what's happening. You got to stop doing this. You can't be doing this with me. You can do this with them, whoever you feel like with that. But if you see I'm uncomfortable with this, you see I don't like this, stop it. Because this is the kind of thing that will ruin a relationship between mm-hmm. a parent and a child. Right. And I feel like, especially like when you're a teenager, I, I will say like being a teenager, you kind of pick and choose what things you tell your parents. Like, I yeah. won't lie. Me, me and my mom are very close. My mom is like probably my best friend. And yeah. she's probably going to be jumping for joy when she hears that. But whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> me, my mom and I are very close. Like, I tell my mom everything. At one point mm. or another, I tell my mom everything. Mm. Like, sometimes I'll hold it in for, like, three days and be like, yeah. dang, I really want to tell her, though, because I need advice. So I'm like, all right, mom, this is what's going on in life. <laughs> but, like, me and my dad, I'm like, even though we're very close, there is that separation. Like, there are just mm-hmm. certain things that I feel more comfortable talking to my mom about than talking yeah. to my dad about. But that's why you have conversations because it's like, okay, my dad knows what I'm comfortable having a conversation with him about. Mm -hmm. So he'll ask me about it. Ask your child what she's comfortable talking to you about because how do you know she's comfortable discussing that? Where is Tiny in all of this? (laughs) Well, well, Tiny's not her mom. That's the thing. Tiny is not her mom. So Deja is T.I.'s child from a previous relationship. Mm -hmm. But their son, King, is their son together. Yeah. 
Tiny and Ti, mm-hmm. the one who is sexually active, and he's cool with that because his it's a male. That's my thing. I mm-hmm. feel, and I don't think this is the first time that Ti has sparked issues as far as he sees men and women very differently. Yeah, clearly. I think that's the biggest part of it. It's the double standard. That's what that's really what it boils down to, and I feel like that's how it is. Not just I feel like that's how it is in a lot of households, really, where it's like the son gets different gets different looked at differently right. than the daughter you know and i feel like it's just that on like a more public scale because it's ti but i feel like this happens in like many households throughout the country you know right like i will say i'm not i don't have siblings i'm an only child yeah. but i am very close with my cousins and i do have two male cous- cousins that i'm in close age range with and I will say, even though I'm an only child and mm-hmm. me and my cousins are very close, there is a lot of stuff growing up that I cannot get away with that my male cousins definitely got away with. Mm-hmm. Because not only am I my dad's only child, I'm a girl, and I'm the baby on both sides. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that they got to do. And I was like, why can't I do that? Yeah. And it's like, up, uh, mm-mm, because I'm a girl. They can get away with whatever. Mm-hmm. If I pulled half the crap my cousins pulled... <laughs> In adolescence, please. Who you tell it? I might not be here. <laughs> like, look, and I and I feel like age is another part of it too, because like you were saying, like my um my little brother, me and him grew up in the same household or or whatever, and he get get away with all kind of stuff. <laughs> stuff that I knew good and well that if I ever did, my behind would be tore up across the floor, <laughs> and he be doing some stuff, and I'd be like, what in the world is going on? So I feel like age is a part of it, and I feel like it goes like both ways. You said you're the baby, right? right. And I feel like it's, I feel like, and that kind of, the age part connects with the gender thing as well. Cause I feel like it's one thing when you have like a younger daughter and then they have older brothers. Cause then the brothers do the same thing. They like looking over their younger sister, you know what I'm saying? With, with right. the same way, like making sure that dudes not like running them over and stuff like that. And I feel like even when you flip it the other way and you have like a younger brother and older sister, cause that's more so what it is with this TI situation. Um, so I feel like part of it is like he's kind of more lax with the younger with his son since he's like younger. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that might be why he's more lax. But at the same time, his daughter is an adult at this point. Right. So I think it's just the entire thing is very controlling. It, it is. Yes. It's like to be like it's. I understand that it's like a normal thing in a society to not care. Like if it's a dude who's getting some, then yeah. yo, good for him. He's getting some. Right. But it makes no sense to have that same aspect. Towards women who's getting some because it takes two. Yeah. Of whether it's two dudes, two women, a man and a woman, it takes right. It takes two no matter what it is. Yeah. So somebody's gonna more than one person's gonna be getting some at one time. And for Ti to be like that, to act the way he's acting. Right. And to put it out in the news. Can you imagine your daughter having to walk well, around her college private. campus? <laughs> right. Like you you don't private go. And like nationally talk about your daughter's hymen because exactly. do you know how she like she how now has to go to school and deal with people looking at her exactly. like she's crazy, but in reality she's not crazy. Her dad's crazy. Now yeah. people know. Now people know. Right. Like, and now you're looked at a certain way. Exactly. And, and I, trying to date, <laughs> like <laughs> imagine trying to get a date, and, and you got a dude looking at you like, well, that hymen's still intact. Like no. Exactly. It's like this. <laughs> and now knowing here. that. Ti's watching. Like now, they be now. She might have issues. Like say she wants to lose it by now. Right. They got to worry about Ti now. Yeah. Oh, if we, if we do this, Ti gonna find out. Now I got to worry about the dad for real this time. He gonna know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about that time of the year. Like, <laughs> what's up with that? I just 
for me, when I was growing up, and even now, my parents always told me, I am trusting you to make your own decisions because I have raised you to the best of my ability. Mm. So everything that I've raised you with, that is now instilled in you. Mm-hmm. So they're like, my parents don't have to question me so much on stuff because I was raised a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you know what you put in your child. You know what you instilled in them. You know what beliefs you had raised your child with. Mm-hmm. So you should trust your child. Exactly. I feel like if you have a close enough relationship to go to the doctor, you should trust your parenting enough and trust that you instilled and raised a daughter who respects herself and respects her body that even if she is going to get into that situation where she's ready to lose her virginity or whatever, mm-hmm. at least you know you raised a child who is making smart choices exactly. instead of assuming that she's going to make the wrong choice. Exactly. It's going to happen. Right. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. to police her. What? She's going to be 36 down the road? <laughs> you still going to be popping up at the gynecologist? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? How she get pregnant? What's going on? Right. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really foolish. <laughs> but I bet you he won't go to his son's physical and make sure everything is straight over there. Yeah. I just, T.I.'s probably never going to hear this, but if he does, T.I., just have a conversation with your child. You better, man. Have you a better. conversation. Talking is important. Communi- that's our communication main. Communication is key. Communication is key. That's our vocal point every episode. Yeah. Communication, communication is key. Is key. Yeah. Talk it out. Yeah. Well, Suli was chosen as soon of the week because Suli, you're making moves within the yeah. theater department. Mm-hmm. We now have a theater of color yeah. group that you have mm-hmm. organized. Mm-hmm. Um, but Suli has also started a petition mm-hmm. that is helping the African-American students within the theater department. You just yeah. you making moves, right? Right, yeah, yeah. You made our first semester exciting. Yeah. <laughs> that was hope. That's that was the hope. That was the hope. It really was. Um, what happened and how all that started and how I got to this point. Um, a couple years ago, I had a really rough experience starting the theater department, right? Mm-hmm. And so that led for me last year taking um, a hiatus, taking um, a year off, and I got an internship in Seattle. Um, and in Seattle, I was the light and design intern there. The people I worked with were incredibly smart, incredibly talented, some really amazing people that I have just, that that have just held me throughout the entire process. I ended up working on this show. I don't want to say the institution because that's them. Right. I ended up working on one of their shows where I met the first black designer of my life. Really? Like, I've known that they were out there, but I've never met them in person up until that time. And in all honesty, I nearly broke down. When you see something like that, it kind of like shakes you in a way that you've never been shook before. Nat was able to have a conversation with him, and he was talking about how he understood the weight that he had to carry with that information, how he was going to do what he could to bring more of us into that department. And so after that show, I sat there one day, and I was like, I'm going back to that school. And mm-hmm. as much as I would like to stay here and as much as I would like to start my career now, there's something that is necessary for me to go back to. And there were some friends of mine who did a video about just being black in general. And I saw that and I was like, okay, now's the time to be doing. There were complaints that were given to us. I was like, okay, now's the time that something has to be done. We always sit around and we always talk to each other about what's going on, but no, we haven't really. It's about time we demanded something from it. Right. And so I had started this over the summer. And one of the things I started over the summer was because I wanted to start, let's get started moving before y'all's class got here. Because I didn't want it to be a, oh, the upperclassmen are trying to talk us out of auditioning, are trying to talk us out of opportunities so they can get all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what it was supposed to be. And so when things start hitting the fan, time got in the way, classes got in the way, and I started slacking off of my responsibilities and things that I told myself I was going to do. Um, when we hit the height of the petition, 
it reached 163 signatures over a two-day period because I had two days to get that information together. And the amount of work that you put in and the amount of work that all the other students put in, it really just shot my expectations far and few between. And so since then, we've been having these meetings. We've been having people come and talk. And the entire point is to, we're not after anybody's job. That's not what we're here for. Right. The entire purpose is to make a community where we feel welcome, where we, we're changing. Being there and having here a conversation about a costume designer who didn't know how to do our hair in a professional field was something I was like, okay, that's something we can change in the school level where we're starting off. And if we teach here, it's going to change what's happening out there. And so it made more sense to me to start where we are now. Demand that change. Demand them to just learn us, to teach us about us as much as to teach us about everybody else. And the amount of respect, the amount of um, response that I've gotten back from that, the amount of positive energy that I felt back from that, the amount of respect that I've gotten from everybody involved in this process has really made it a lot easier for me to both do this thing but feel confident that things are going to be changing because of me. Yeah, and it feels... I'll say for me personally, it feels really good to be in a program and in a department that you can use your voice and people are willing to listen to it and understand why you feel the way you feel and are willing to fix those issues. Mm -hmm. And that was something that when I first got here, there was a student who looked me dead in my eyes and said, we got to stick together. And I'm like, whoa, that's not something you want to tell somebody (laughs) when you first get here. (laughs) Like, I just walked in the door. (laughs) Give me a second to fill out what I'm going through. And then when you go through that and you see how, well, just how theater is in general, right? where it started and how things are changing. Y'all were some of the biggest class that we've had in flux in a hot minute. Like, um, I got some numbers, not going to say any numbers, but just know that when y'all got here, it was a massive spike in um, people of color just coming to the school in general, Mm -hmm. coming to our department in general. And y'all saw um, the show that one of my my roommate Jordan did, I can say that show out loud, that the response that that got. And the response that we're hoping the next show we're doing is going to get, it's going to prove, it's going to show that the things that we're here and we can do the work. We're putting in the work, the same work that everybody else is putting in, we're doing. So show us the same, the same way that you show everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they're going, they're, I can assure you that they are putting in that effort. They are taking in what we have given them, what we're going to continue to give them. And they're going to put those strides in and, I will say it was originally called the um, Columbus Theater Equality Campaign, but I had to change that to Theater of Color because campaign made it seem short-term. Mm-hmm. It made it seem like it was going to be here just for a little tiny bit, and once we got our once we got our foot in the door, we were going to stop doing it. And I had to change that. I had to reroute the way that I was thinking about it because it's not a temporary thing. Yeah. It doesn't representation doesn't come, and it's there. It's something that you have to stay on. Mm-hmm. Because if you start going like start, all right, cool. We'll accept. We'll accept this. We'll accept just something small. That something small can just go away as exactly. quickly as it came. And so, in me doing this, I'm hoping to pass this on to y'all, and have y'all pass this on and go down. I can come back as an alumni five, ten years down the road, walk in the door and see this is still going on. Mm-hmm. Right. That the right strides are being made, and that the students and the teachers, our staff, are communicating with each other, and they understand where their students are coming from because they're not like us. They're not. And it's not their fault that they're not like us. That's just the way the world has, just the way the world is. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's up on us, it's upon them to put in the effort to understand us. We're paying, we're paying to be here. Exactly. They, they tell time. you that all the time. You, you <laughs> pay for it. You want to use it? Look. You, you pay for it. That's what that tuition goes towards. 
And that's why that's why I was so adamant about doing this. Why I'm so proud of the fact that it's going so well. Because for mm-hmm. a short time, I was like, oh, I don't know if between classes and you know, the upperclassmen just they they just need to get through. They they've done it. It's starting to it's starting to wear on some students. They just want to get out. In between y'all coming in, it's like I don't want y'all to get caught up in that. Oh, you don't really feel it like I feel it. I'm gonna start lowering down. I kind of I really want it to keep momentum pushing through to let everybody know that it's okay. We're all here. Yeah. Change definitely is coming. Um, I think with things that you're doing to help the theater department, and even us doing this show shows that just change is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on that note, we want to really thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Sharing thank some of your knowledge with us. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Exactly. Everything that you're putting in. Yeah. Like it. You're an inspiration to us. You're really. an inspiration to so many other people in the department. I can tell you that. Most that definitely. we know. Yeah. So, but thank you. And this yeah. has been. Black Black on on the Proud. Proud. We thank you guys for listening. And make sure y'all tune in next week. Black on the Proud was produced by Doria Lacey with the cooperation of the student staff of 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio and the CSU Department of Communications Department Chair, Dr. Gibson. Dr. Bruce Getz is WCUG's faculty advisor. You can listen to this show and other shows on 88.5 FM. Tune in or SoundCloud. Just search our call letters WCUG.